this evening with abscessed teeth and is asking for us to uh, pray for him. And uh, we all know that anything dealing with uh, dental work is very painful, so we just want to remember that. And also, uh, Brother uh, Emmanuel Irish is not with us as well. He had his wisdom teeth removed today, so we just want to uh, uh, remember him in prayer. And also, I just have a prayer request here to also uh, remember uh, my grandmother, uh, Sister Shirley Buchanan. Uh, She's at home, not feeling well this evening, so uh, if we could just remember her in prayer. And I know we all have uh, many unspoken prayer requests, just by the lifting of your hands. uh, The Lord sees those needs, and uh, we know that uh, He can make a way for those needs. So if you would just stand with us again. And uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. If I could ask Brother John to come up this evening and just pray over these uh, prayer requests. Also, like to remember uh, little brother Samuel Brown. He's uh, home, not feeling well today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for our midweek service, Lord. We just thank you for all that you do for us every day, Lord. We pray that you just keep put your hands upon these people, Lord. And answer these needs, Lord, that, that just your will be done, God. We just thank you. Lord, we ask you to pray. We ask to, that we pray, Lord, for our pastor coming out here tonight, Brother Diggs. Lord, we pray that he would just be anointed, Lord, and speak what you would have us to hear, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for this day and all that you do, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. If you could pull up um, that song, The Anchor Holds. I want to try this one. I don't have any specials this evening, so I wanted to try this one. I have journeyed through the long dark night. Out on the open sea by faith alone inside Now I've had the 
I just want to be with you. Oh, now I just want to be where you are. Oh, dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar, so draw me near to where you are, oh, I just want to be dwelling place forever. Lord, just take me to the place where you are. Oh, I just want to be with you. I want to be come this evening. Let's sing that song only to be what he wants me to be. So only to be what he wants me to be. Every moment of every day. So yielded Every moment 
would just pray over the tithes and offering. as Brother Diggs comes this evening, let's sing the song, I Worship You, same key. So I worship you, Almighty God, there is none like you. I worship you, Prince of Praise the Lord. Let's just bow in. Lord Jesus, Father, we truly worship you, Lord, for you are a good God. You're worthy of all praise, Lord. We just pray that our 
spirits, our attitudes are right tonight. Lord, you would search us through your word. And Father God, keep all good things within us, Lord, and take all evil out. Lord God, purge us, Lord. Make us fit for the master's use. Lord, we pray that you would just be be with each and every heart that is here. Lord, to encourage, to uplift them. Lord God, and to make us better people when we leave this place. Lord, and forgive us, Lord, for anything that's not like you. Lord, bless the pastor in his absence, Lord. We pray you just continue to be his shield, his banner, his guide, Lord. As he travel, Lord, we pray that you would just be his safety net, Lord. And we give you all the honor, glory, and praise in the name of Jesus Christ. The church say amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to um, Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53, and then we're going to go to St. John chapter 19. Isaiah 53, familiar verse of scriptures. Let's just start reading at verse 3. Isaiah 53 and 3. If you have to say amen. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we did we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. St. John chapter 19. St. John chapter 19, start at verse 28. 19 and 28, the Bible says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop. And put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Amen. And the Lord, a blessing to the reading of his word. You can have your seats. Praise God. Amen. Tonight, by the help of the Lord, I want to use for a subject... Smitten to speak. Smitten to speak. You know, uh, when we take that word smitten, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, cast down or beat down, you know, or to stop progress. And we think that our God, he was smitten. The Bible says he is despised and rejected of men. 
and a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. Now, we think about all that God went through. He had a purpose in it. He was smitten. He was abused. He was abused. He was talked about all these different things, you know, that he went through. And it looked like, you know, that Christ took all this on himself. But the bigger picture was he was doing something for us. Amen. So he was smitten and he was he was rejected and he was despised. All the different things you can think of to make somebody feel really, really bad. And the bigger picture though, the bigger picture is that through all of that, Christ was setting us free. And you know, in mankind, the abusers and different ones that did all these things, the Jews, they didn't even realize what Christ was doing. You know, and, and even if you take the devil, I believe the prophet of God said that if the devil really knew who he was, he wouldn't have crucified him. Because what he did when he crucified him, he put the power of God back in our lives. Amen. We no longer have to be depressed. We no longer have to be sick or, or, or filled with sorrow all the day long because Christ has set us free. But you know, when I think about trials and tribulations and, and, and being smitten and going through things, you know that's God's way. Hallelujah. That's God's way of showing how much he loves us. And you know, it, it's God's way of showing us how to appreciate what we're going through. Amen. You know, as, as, as I look and, you know, I was thinking about the message, the masterpiece. Hallelujah. And you know, as, as the prophet began to talk about the masterpiece, he started talking about Michelangelo. And you know, one quote from Michelangelo that just, you know, uh, really stuck with me. There's a quote where Michelangelo says that there is a piece of art in every stone. There's an angel in every stone, but it's up to the sculptor to bring it out. Hallelujah. And the only way he can bring it out is to beat on it. Amen. Hallelujah. He can't just look at it, stare at it, smooth it with his hair real nice. No, he has to beat on it. Hallelujah. The only way to get that image out of his mind right before him is to beat on it very vigorously. Hallelujah. And, and, and stay with it and beat and beat and beat. Hallelujah. No doubt. Michelangelo had times where he probably felt like he was tired. But something always brought him back to that image. Hallelujah. He wasn't satisfied with what he saw until what was in his mind stood right before him. Hallelujah. And church, God is the same way. He's going to take us through and through and through until the very image of his mind stands in front of him. Now you may think, you say, God, why are you taking me through all this? Because he's trying to get you to a place where you can speak by faith. Hallelujah. And you know, Michelangelo, I believe the prophet said that there were no real pictures of Moses for him to go by. So he had an image, hallelujah, if you could say, he created in his own mind. And by that image, hallelujah, he steadfastly hammered and chiseled on that rock. No doubt, he probably took a break to go eat, but he came back with that same image in his mind, with that same task. You know, he might have got sick some days, but the sickness didn't change the image he had in his mind. So what I'm saying to you tonight, church, no matter how hard it gets, hallelujah, God is trying to bring you to a place where what he sees can stand right before him, hallelujah. And you know, church, as I look at 
Isaiah 53, the power of the scripture and what God did for us. Hallelujah. If I can go back. He is despised and rejected of men. Think about that. God felt what it was like to be despised. And we know as Christians, sometimes we're despised just for being Christians. And we know as Christians, we're rejected just for being Christians. But look, God was smitten, hallelujah, so that we wouldn't have to go through these things unknowingly, hallelujah. But we'll have a refuge in him, hallelujah. Let's keep going. He said, a man of sorrow. God knows what it's like to feel sorrow, hallelujah. And because we live this life, sometimes this life brings sorrow down our way. But God is doing something, hallelujah. He's doing something. He says, acquainted with grief, oh my. Anybody ever been there? Oh my, talk to me, church. And we hid as it were our faces from him, hallelujah. He was despised. Also, we esteemed him not. Surely he had bore our griefs, church. All of our pains were put upon God. So it's just as simple as we sing a song, take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Why? Because Christ was smitten for us. Hallelujah. You think about the pain and agony you might be feeling right now. You should take that to God and leave it there. Amen. Because that was the whole purpose of him dying on the cross. So we could be set free and redeemed back to the original space that he originally created us in. God never created us, hallelujah, to feel pain. Pain came with sin. God never created us, hallelujah, to, to, to operate in the things of the world. No, these things came because of the fall. Hallelujah. So what did God do when he was on the cross? He restored all things back to his original creation. If we can step into that place. Hallelujah. And as a believer, our whole goal, hallelujah, is to get back to everything Adam lost. Hallelujah. And when we get to that place, then we step into a place of God's. We step back to who we really are. We step back to what God created us to be. You know, and as I look at Michelangelo, and you think about a church, without any real picture, God gave him something on the inside that would drive him. Hallelujah. And it drove him and it drove him. And he wasn't satisfied till what he had in his mind stood there. And he looked at it. Hallelujah. And I want you to catch this. After Michelangelo finished beating on that stone. And he had an image of Moses standing right there in front of him. He felt like God felt when God rested on the seventh day. Remember when God had created everything and he said, it is good. And now I'll take my rest. Michelangelo felt so good about the image that stood in front of him. He looked at it and he said, speak to me. Now that's finding rest. And think about it, church. What if God is trying to get us to that place in everything we go through where we could speak to our situation? Hallelujah. That's God's way. 
Hallelujah. He lets us go through things. He puts us in certain situations just to get us to a place where we can be what he originally created us to be. Hallelujah. And Michelangelo looked at that masterpiece. Hallelujah. And it was so real to what he had in his mind. The prophet of God said he smote it with the helmet and said, speak to me. Because it looked perfect. Looking at a piece of rock. Think about it, church. How caught up he was. So caught up that he looked at all of his toys and all of his labels and everything he went through to get that thing to stand out in front of him till he looked at a piece of stone and said, talk to me. Now that's dedication. That's believing what you had up here is now before you. And think about God is trying to get us to that same place, hallelujah, where we'll believe him so much, hallelujah, that our troubles, our doubts, none of that stuff will stop us from speaking his word in our lives. Hallelujah. And church, listen, I like what the prophet of God said. He said, to me, the flaw was what made it the masterpiece. He said, now maybe to the mind that might think different, you think that spoiled it. Listen, it, 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 you think of a, I think he said it was on a piece of the, on the knee. A big chunk of it was chunked out because he hit it back with a rock. To everybody else looking at it, that was imperfect. But to Michelangelo, hallelujah, to Brother Branham interpreting what's happening, he said that's what made it a masterpiece. That it looked so real, the man would hit it and put a flower in it and say, speak. Now you think about us. What makes us, hallelujah, so good in God's eyes? Because we're redeemable, hallelujah. That we were once in sin, hallelujah. We were once transgressors. We had flaws, hallelujah. But to come out of those flaws and be children of God and then, hallelujah, live by this word, that's what makes us a masterpiece. Oh my. Oh my, listen. He says, because... After so many years of careful work and toils and inspiration and so forth of making it, his toils had proved not in vain. It was perfect. And that's why he cried out, speak, because he had seen before him, hallelujah, it had been able to achieve, my, to bring past the vision that was in his mind. Can you believe, church, that we are fulfilling the vision of God's mind? A vision for this day. Because everything is playing out according to what God's mind is portraying. Hallelujah. We're not living our own lives. We're playing out the play, the theater of God's mind. Hallelujah. And think about how great God feels when you get in a tight situation and instead of crying, you speak. And when you speak, you realize who you are. It happened throughout the Bible. Hallelujah. Let's read, let's keep reading. He says, and therefore under inspiration. See, it's inspiration. God is always trying to get us to catch the inspiration. There were many men in the Bible that went through things, but when they caught the inspiration, everything opened up. Inspiration is powerful. He said, 
And therefore, under the inspiration, he done something out of the reason, out of the ordinary. He struck it and hollered, speak. See, he wouldn't have done that if he had thought. See, oh my. See, inspiration, hallelujah, it doesn't give you a chance to say, well, I wonder what they're going to think if I do this. Inspiration is just believing God for that moment. Hallelujah. Listen. He says, it was inspiration of seeing what he had in his mind setting there perfectly before him. He says, we hear a voice coming down from the cloud and said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. And it had, it had going to hear, he's got to speak. It was just a few days before he was smitten. See, God was smitten for a reason. He said, this is my beloved son who I'm pleased to dwell in. Look, church, the smiting came with God calling him my beloved son. So we go through tests and trials because God is proving us to be his children. Hallelujah. When we go through things, the devil is standing on the other side watching, seeing what we're going to do. And God will let us be smitten just for us to speak by inspiration in our lives. Oh my. Listen. He says, this is, my, this is my son who I'm pleased to dwell in. I have molded him. I've been 4,000 years bringing him to this. My. 4,000 years just to bring Jesus to the cross. He could have easily made him come riding on a cloud. Hallelujah. A chariot of white horses. But no, he brought him the way of suffering. He brought him the way of agony and pain and despising and being rejected and regret and all these things just so we could speak life over ourselves. Oh, my. I hope you're hearing me. He says, and now he is so perfect, I've got to smite him so he can speak. (laughs) Church, look, Paul was a man chosen of God. But how did God get what he had out of Paul? Smiting him. Taking him through vigorous trials. And the whole calling of Paul. He said, he's a chosen vessel because I must show him how much he must suffer for the kingdom. So his whole life was a smiting. His whole life was a trial and a tribulation. But in the midst of all of that, he had authority out of his mouth. Hallelujah. So the smiting brought forth spoken word authority. Hallelujah. When Paul realized who he was, Paul would say, Hallelujah. After I'm gone, grievous wolves will come. He was so confident in who he was when he spoke. He said, if an angel come and say anything different than what I say, let him be a curse. Paul was so confident in his life and in his role. Hallelujah. Paul would say, hey, whatever he owe y'all, put it on my charge. That's a man who knows what God is doing in his life. And I want you to understand this now. When Paul was speaking with that kind of authority, he was getting bit by snakes. Hallelujah. He was spending a night and day in the sea. 
He was getting thrown over the wall. I believe the Bible said he got whipped five times with 40 stripes. But he still spoke with an authority. That was a man who was confident in his calling. The smiting didn't stop him from speaking over himself. My, my, my. Think about that church. One place in the Bible, Paul, I believe he was in the city and they wanted to kill him or whatever. And they threw him over the wall. <laughs> when they got over the wall, they stood up and started rejoicing. I wonder how many believers today would receive that kind of persecution and jump up and say, praise God, I just got smacked. <laughs> Church, I know you've seen it on the news or YouTube or whatever. And because, you know, what I'm about to say, I kind of question myself what I would have been able to handle that like that. And I know y'all see we in church, but I just, I just want to make a point. You can see it on YouTube, and it was all over the news, and everybody was talking about it. When Will Smith walked up and smacked Chris Rock, did you see it? Some of y'all will try to act like you didn't see it. <laughs> but we know the truth. Church, what got me, it wasn't the derogatory language of Will Smith. He was under a lot of pressure. They say he was under a lot of pressure, whatever. A man without the Holy Ghost is subject to flip out like that at any time. With a, with a, what they say, a, a clean record. Never did anything like that in his life. Was always a good guy through all the persecution. But in this moment, he lost it. Went up, got up, smacked Chris Rock, and Chris Rock was like, Wow. I just got smacked by Will Smith. How many of us with the tag Christian on us would have been able to handle that better than Chris Rock? And he ain't even a Christian. See, church, when I see stuff like that, it makes me say, Lord God, please give me more grace. Because I know I get upset sometimes. Hallelujah. And for us who are supposed to be Christians, when somebody do you wrong, you ain't never serpent seed anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Help us, Lord. You know when somebody do you wrong, you have a scripture you've been waiting to put on them. You ain't got the Holy Ghost. And when you see somebody like that who doesn't even know God, hallelujah, get smacked, hallelujah, unexpectedly and stand there. And just take it. And leaves the whole audience in awe. <laughs> Smitten. To speak. And from what I heard. Just because of the way he handled himself. His whole thing just went out. His, whatever he did from that point on. Whoosh, went out the roof. <laughs> because people love godly character. Now, I ain't saying that was godly character, but what I'm saying is it portrayed, hallelujah, something that God would have done in that moment. And what about us, church? Do we on the daily, on the regular, portray, hallelujah, godly character? I know, I know. <laughs> I used to have a guy when I used to work at the city. He was an, um, 
uh, Pentecostal. And he made me feel real small. Because whatever they asked him to do, he just going to do it. Even if he wanted it, we'll talk about it. He'd be like, man, I don't know. I don't feel like doing it, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But when the bosses came, he just went and did it. No argument. Now, when they came to the believer, <laughs> when they came to me, do, do y'all know who I am? I'm a son of God. <laughs> I'm only going to do what I'm supposed to do. Just as wrong as I can be. <laughs> and then I thought God gave me a chance to reflect. And God's like, look, all that revelation you got, in that moment ain't mean nothing. He outshine you. I was like, Jesus, Lord, help me. Whew. Lord, help me. See, the things that we go through is supposed to build character. Hallelujah. And God is in the business of building character. Hallelujah. He said that in the church book, he said God's love is misunderstood. He says love is elected love and God's love is sending you through a trial. Anybody going through something? If you're not, <laughs> feel sorry for you. Because God's love is sending you through a trial. Hallelujah. I know he loved me. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my. Every time you go to that gas pump, it's a trial. Remember last time I was here what I said? That gas get up to five dollars. We be ah, I'm sick of tired friend. This gas talk to you, but four fifty. Some of us, oh, that's too high. Let me go on down the street. Stand up and speak into your life. Because one thing I believe, down here on this earth, God will always provide. Hallelujah. But he wants us, hallelujah, to have the right thing coming out of our mouth. Oh my. He's perfecting us. Don't get nervous now. I'm about to close. I ain't got no punchlines. You pull, I preach. You quit, I stop. You resist. I sniff. <laughs> Hallelujah. But church, when I, when I begin to look at the Bible and look at the different characters, and I started to think about Abraham, God told him, you are the father of faith. But God didn't give him a program. Hallelujah. God didn't give him an outline. He had to walk by faith. And there were many a times Abraham didn't feel like the father of faith. Hallelujah. Many a times Abraham operated as a coward. Did God take back his promise? No. God took him to a stages of life that would build him up to a place, hallelujah, where the smiting and the bruising of life wouldn't damage him, hallelujah. That's what he was doing. It was a growing process, hallelujah. And God took him through, got him to a place, hallelujah, where he had to fight for life, hallelujah. Amen. They had to make early decisions, hallelujah, between Hagar and Sarah. His whole life was a growing process. Hallelujah. And then if you think about the last trial, when he got Isaac, God said, go kill him. I want you to smite him now. What was the smiting all about? The smiting was God trying to get him to a place where he would speak over the whole situation. Did he do it? Yes, he did. Hallelujah. See, he missed it in the earlier test. 
In the earlier test, he told Sarah, hey, you my sister. No, he was supposed to walk up there and say, this is my wife, and God gave us a promise. But because of fear, hallelujah, he looked at the smiting and he couldn't speak. So he told a lie. But then God came, smoothed everything out, put it right back in his lap again. Hallelujah. And this time when Abraham got to the place to where God told him to kill his only son. Hallelujah. The one he waited 25 years for. Oh, God will test you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the tempting of God is not for failure. It's to bring out more of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there was a part of Abraham. Hallelujah. God was trying to get him too. So now he rises up early in the morning and he says to his servants, I and the lad going to go and I and the lad going to return. See, now he's speaking over his situation. Hallelujah. He's not thinking about the smiting, hallelujah. He's thinking about, hallelujah, what can I do, hallelujah, to change this whole situation. So he began to speak, how? By inspiration. He didn't have time to think about, can I do this or can I do that? I and the lad going to go. We're going to obey God. We're going to go, but I and the lad going to come back. See, he's speaking by inspiration. That wasn't premeditated. Hallelujah. Then they get up there, gathering everything, getting it all together. They're still in an atmosphere of smiting. Isaac is still supposed to die. But God is bringing Abraham to a place, hallelujah, where he can rise above the smiting. Where he's not even looking at it. He's not even looking at Isaac dying. His whole thought thought process is survival mode. The atmosphere of creation, oh my, inspiration. And now he says, hey, I didn't say, dad, we got the, we got the altar, we got the fire. He said, but where's the sacrifice? Here come Abraham speaking into his life. God will provide himself a sacrifice. Did he do it? Where did it come from? Abraham's mouth. <laughs> from a trial to a trial. Glory. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord is doing, church. He's trying to bring us, hallelujah, as individuals from a personal trial to a personal triumph. Oh, my. Let's rise above the smiting. Hallelujah. Because you look at the death of Christ, it looked like a trial, but it was a triumph for all of us. Where our lives would be changed forever. Oh my. Church, he speaks into his own life and creates a lamb in the thicket of the bush in the midst of a smiting when his son was supposed to die. And God honored it. Inspiration is powerful. God came and told him, Stay now, your hand, Abraham. Don't do it. Then God came back in another place and told him, Abraham, I'm not going to hide anything from you because I know. You love me. I know you honor my word. See, now God is looking at Abraham how? As a masterpiece. <laughs> Woo! Hey, think about that, church. For God to come to you and tell you personally, whatever's on my mind and my heart, I'm going to express to you. I'm not going to hide anything from you, Abraham. Everything I know, you're going to know. Think about it, church, if God was to tell you that. 
That's a special place. Church, and God will take us the way where it looks like we're being smitten. But God is leading us into something even greater. Look at how Jacob, hallelujah, he had to leave his house. He had to leave his mom, his dad, his brother, because of all the trickery. When he left the house, what was going on? His brother wanted to smite him. His brother wanted to kill him because he had got the birthright. But God used that to put him right on track. Hallelujah. And you know, Jacob, he kept doing stuff. He was tricking, naming, tricking this person, tricking that person. And then he got to a place, hallelujah, where he started getting tricked. <laughs> you know, you're going to read what you sow. It's going to come back on you. So now he getting tricked. He asked for one woman, got the other one. Then he got all these other things going on. It looked like total chaos. He got four women fighting over him. Some baby mama drama. But all of that was in the will of God. Because it took four women, hallelujah, to produce his seed. Hallelujah, the children of Israel. God had it mapped out that way, hallelujah. It looked like a bunch of trouble, but it was God doing something. <laughs> I just love how God just takes a puzzle and make it make sense. Yeah, yeah. It can look crazy when it started. Think about it. Rachel say, I'm sick of you, Leah. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him my hands made. And God said, that's exactly what I want. Because she got a couple kids that she's supposed to bear. And then Leah said, you know what, Rachel, I'm sick of you. I'm going to give him my hands made. Now everybody having babies. And God said, yes, my children. That's exactly what I want. It looked like it's a smiting, but I'm trying to get Jacob to a place where he can speak over his whole situation. Whew. And now he has to go back home. Hallelujah. And he's walking down. And, and, and the last time he heard about Esau, Esau wanted to kill him. So now he's got the smiting in his mind. He's on his way back home. But God's still trying to get him to a place where he can speak. Hallelujah. So he sends family this way, sends family that way. Hallelujah. But before that night was over, he went down into prayer. Hallelujah. He got desperate. Amen. And inspiration catches him. Hallelujah. Now he's wrestling with God. And he says, hey, I'm not going to turn you loose until you bless me. What did he do? He spoke over his life. And God had to touch him and bless him. Hallelujah. Woo. The smiting. Hallelujah. The trial turned into a triumph. And God says, you'll no longer be called Jacob. You'll be called Israel, a prince. All that came out of a mess. When it looked like he should have been smitten. But God turned that into a speaking engagement. (laughs) I hope you're looking at this situation different. Speak over yourself. Hallelujah. I like the way Jacob said, hey. Lord, I ain't going to let you go till you bless me. He wrestling. And he got touched on the hollow of his thigh. Changed his walk. But you know what that walk was doing now? That walk wasn't afraid. So now he's ready to meet Esau. Hallelujah. And he's not thinking about all the stuff that he did and afraid to die and all that. Why? Because he met God. Your trials, your tribulation. Hallelujah. All the things you're bringing, you're going through. Could it bring, could it be bringing you into a closer encounter with God? Oh my. Ooh wee. 
y'all know what? When we get to heaven, some of y'all going to feel out of place. Because we ain't going to be up there like this. You know why? Because there ain't going to be no preaching in heaven. It's going to be rejoicing. As <laughs> soon as these people go, ah, we just going to go crazy. I don't know about y'all, but I can picture myself. I can picture myself. Just, Susie, say, Susie look at me and be like, my child. Just lose it. Y'all ever see somebody lose it because they're so happy? If you have it, go Google Powerball winner. <laughs> I guarantee you see them dancing shot like they never did before. That money gonna change their life. You know, people that nonsense. Money don't change you. Yeah, right. I can think of a lot of things that change about me. A lot. But you know the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I didn't say I would love it. I said I'd use it to, to my advantage. So if any of y'all scratching, remember me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But church, another one. This is this one. I'm about to close. Don't get nervous. Listen, this one really spoke to me. Because in the midst of a smiting, God did something so great and powerful. Look at how Ruth got started on her journey. What did it start with? A smiting. It started with death all through the house. Her husband died. Her brother-in-law died. And her father-in-law died. And then God started to work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Her life looked like it was in shambles. Hallelujah. And then Naomi didn't help. Naomi said, hey, y'all go back to where you, where you, go back to your home country. Hallelujah. Offer say, deuces, I'm out of here. Ruth said, mm-mm. She started to speak over a situation. She said, where you lodge, I lodge. Your people, my people. Hallelujah. Your house, my house. Your God, my God. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. From death to life. She starts speaking over herself. She starts speaking over herself. Hallelujah. And as she spoke, Naomi stepped in and started to guide her. Hallelujah. When she could have been depressed because her husband dead, father-in-law dead, brother-in-law dead, she could have said my life over. Hallelujah. But it was something about Naomi's life. Brother Branham said, Naomi, hallelujah, and Abimelech, those two names meant pleasant worship. So as she watched him, she saw pleasant worship. Oh my. She wasn't ready to turn it loose. So in the midst of a smiting, she starts speaking over herself. Your God is my God. And what did that spoken word do? It led her right to her boys. Hallelujah. Woo. Trouble. Death. Hallelujah. Led her to life. Woo. Glory. Oh my. Isn't that powerful? With a testimony like that. And once Boaz, once Boaz saw her, 
He couldn't take his eyes off of her. <laughs> She's just in the field working. Like everybody else, working, 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 working. And then he saw her one day. He's like, hey, whose damsel is that? He said, drop, drop a little extra for her. In the midst of all her hurt and pain, drop a little extra for her. And she come back to Naomi was like, look, look how much stuff I got. Naomi said, girl, you keep working. He watching you. <laughs> God is up to something. So she kept working. Next day you know, hallelujah, she getting redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. She getting redeemed and Naomi getting redeemed from death to life. Hallelujah. Glory. And they now they running the kingdom. Oh. Glory. Oh, my praise God. You know, church, as I, as I come down to a close, when I begin to think about Job, you know, and the struggle of life, let's not misunderstand Job's life. The only error Job had was not giving God enough praise. That's why God had to send Elihu down and rebuke him. Hallelujah. But you know, one thing that gets me, with friends like Job friends who need enemies, because all they could do is see the smiting. They couldn't let their spirituality go past what their eyes saw. And you know your eyes can lie to you. Your eyes can create a scenario. And God knows them ears ain't no better. Those ears are terrible. They hear things that don't even make sense. Well, I heard this, and I heard, and I heard. Whatever happened to going and talking to the source? Churches, all, you know, like they say, they say, um, they say, uh, it takes truth to spread. It, it, it take, a lie will spread twice as fast as the truth. <laughs> and when the truth comes back around, people steal them on the head. <laughs> Why? Because the lie is more juicy. And you look at Joe's friends. They had no evidence. Only thing they had is him losing. How did him losing some cattle or losing some riches or whatever makes him a sinner? Is all your children went out in the world. Now they're judging everything by what they see. And they say, Joe, Joe, Joe was like, man, look, God is good. You know, I love this one. Joe say, hey, the Lord God give it, and the Lord God take it away. When was the last time you quoted that? <laughs> There's some hard words to say in it. You start going through something first day, we say, This ain't nothing but the devil. Who was it? It was God. God has his hand up Satan's back. You know how they do that puppet? That's how God do Satan. Makes him do whatever he wants him to do. He even makes him slap himself sometimes. You know, that's the best part about a dummy. You turn it around and make it slap yourself. That's how God do Satan. 
He has his hand up his back. Hallelujah. And he can only do what God tells him to do. Satan wanted to go out and do all these things. And then God said, hey, have you considered my servant Job? God brought forth the smiting. And here go the devil. If you take this, if you take that, he only serves you because he blessed. God said, okay, go ahead. Take it away. Just don't take his life. Do whatever you got to do. And the devil is so wise till he's dumb. You know some people so smart till they just can't accept the simple things in life. I'm going to tell y'all a story. About two, three weeks ago, I had to do a DOT physical for my license because I got a CDL. So I had to go do the physical. And every time I go, I know me and Mr. Diabetes is going to fight. So I already, I'm, I already go in there. I'm, I'm, I'm already rehearsing. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to say it. No, I don't. No, I don't. So I'm, you know, I'm rehearsing. I'm getting everything together, right? Because I know, I know the devil hate me. So first thing he's going to do, you got diabetes. No, I don't. So I'm getting, I'm getting that together, right? So I'm used to saying that. But sometimes you can say it with a little bit more thought, you know. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it together, bro. So get in there, and doing the test, getting everything together. Comes back, hey, Mr. Diggs, hey, we found a lot of glucose and sugar in your urine. Got diabetes? No, I don't. So, yeah, man, you got that? Yes, you got that? No, I don't. What you see is a pre-workout. I went to the gym this morning. I went to the gym. Yeah, I went to the gym. I drunk a pre-workout. That's what you see. Pre-workout is full of sugar, full of energy. He's like, nah, come on, man. Nah, I don't go. Okay, but well, you be the judge. If you drink something, where does it come out at? <laughs> it don't take me eight years of school. Lord have mercy. And I ain't got nothing against doctors or nurses, but that's common sense, people. If whatever you drink liquid, it comes out through your body. Am I right? No, it don't come out just say, what? Where is it coming from? What? what does it turn into something else? Turn into blood? He's like, no, no, it don't. I say, look, man. Pre-workout. Is that why we want to take some blood? Let's do it. I'm confident. Because God didn't brought me to do this before. He can't change. So if I keep my testimony the same, God has to remain the same. So I say, pre-workout, ain't got no diabetes. Well, we need to do a blood test. Let's do it. And I'm like, praise God. They're going to diagnose me by the blood. Oh, 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 boy, I feel like, I feel, oh, I feel like shouting over here. Glory. Woo. Hallelujah. Church, they're going to diagnose me by the blood. I said, go ahead, go ahead. Let's do it. And a nurse 
you know, the nurses be tripping me out because they be like, they be sneaky. They be writing stuff. Do you write what you want to write? Pre-workout. So she take the test, prick my finger, right? And I'm watching them. It was negative. And they, they couldn't believe it. So they went in the corner. I'm sitting right there in front of them now. Mr. Diggs, we need more blood. We got to put the suction cup. Whatever you need. Let's do it. Hallelujah. When things like that happen, I start thinking about songs of triumph. My God is greater. My God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. My God is healer. Awesome in power. My God. My God. And he took the blood. He said, oh, Mr. Diggs, you know, you got to come back. And uh, this was uh, Wednesday. I was headed to Canada. I said, can you come back uh, Tuesday? I said, yeah, I'll be back Tuesday. Well, just call up here Saturday. I'm about to close. Don't get nervous. Say, just call up here Saturday, and we'll have your results. So I get to Canada, you know, doing a youth meeting, preaching. I ain't thinking about all this stuff because it ain't going to stop nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm doing whatever I'm doing. They call me in Canada. Hey, Mr. Diggs. Everything came back positive. I mean negative. <laughs> Just like you said, there's nothing wrong. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> you know, they'd be looking for some kind of special reaction. You'd be like, oh, boy, I was so nervous. Nope, none of that. He remains the same. Amen. From a trial to a triumph. So... I get back in the country. They're calling me. Hey, Mr. Diggs, you want to come up here and finish your paperwork? All the doctor had to do was sign the stuff and leave it up there. But he won't talk. Hey, Mr. Diggs called me twice. I'm like, I'm coming. <laughs> so finally I get up there. Doctor comes around. Me and him get to talking. So he finished school in South Carolina, College of Charleston. So I say, how long you been a doctor? He said, a year. I said, man, please. <laughs> One year and you meet somebody like me, going to mess up everything that you was taught. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was born for this. <laughs> the challenge science. Hallelujah. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in a year and this and that and blah, 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 and this and that and this and that. He says, hey, you got a family doctor? I'm like, no, but I want to say, yes, Jesus. He's like, well, you might want to. Keep an eye on this because in a year, everything can change. I said, y'all said that the last time. And the time before that. It's what we drink, eat, shows up in your system. Don't get rattled so easy. Because once you accept it up here, it turns into a life. That's what the prophet said. The prophet said, that spirit, you receive it as a thought first. And once you accept it as a thought, you give it life. Then it manifests in your body. That's why the Bible says, cast down imagination. Every thought that exalts itself above God, cast it down. 
So I'm going through all this. And the doctor, he's going to sign. I said, come on, man, sign the papers. I got to go. Let's get, it. Let's get this done. So he signed the papers, this and that. Anybody who knows you drive trucks, a DOT physical, they're supposed to give you two years. Or if they find something, they think they got something wrong, they'll give you a year. And they say, come back in a year, and we'll test it over. So he signed my, my stuff came back good. So he signed it. Y'all, he was fresh meat. Fresh meat. A youngin' fresh meat. Signing stuff, this and that. So two years. 2022. My expiration date was supposed to be 2024. How about he signed mine February 2032. From a trial to a triumph, hallelujah. I ain't got to get tested to the rapture. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Church, when God does something, he do it. He just want us, hallelujah, in the midst of all the smiting, speak over your life. Don't be intimidated by the trial. Notice that God is trying to bring something out of you. Come on, musicians, I'm closing. Hallelujah. What he said in St. John 19, he says, When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. After he went through all the smiting, went through all the figurous beating and whipping and lies and cheating and all the stuff, accusing, all the stuff they did, the last thing he did when he said, It is finished. What did he do? He spoke over the whole situation. He said, everything is where it's supposed to be now. Now I can be done with it. And what did he do? He set us up for life. Hallelujah. Not to be afraid of the things we go through, but to rejoice in it. Hallelujah. To thank God. For all things. How many believe it tonight? Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. And we thank you for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, we pray something was said to help your people. Lord, on this this earth and as we go through things, Lord. Lord, we don't want to live carelessly, Lord. We're mindful that our bodies are the temple of the Lord. Father, so we want to be vessels of honor from our minds and our eyes and our ears, Lord, and our spirits. Lord, we want to be clean vessels unto you. Lord, bless this church, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. The church, amen. We've been made. We've been made. Overcomers in this
about his love Oh, think about his goodness Just think about his grace That's brought us through For as high as the heavens above
song here as you're dismissed. Just uh, remember Sunday service this weekend and just pray for each other uh, for the rest of the week here. Let's sing the song, God is so good, just as uh, you're dismissed. So God is so good. Yes, God is so Bro.